people remember how you made them feel. Not what you said, but how you made them feel. And you can start with, how can I help make this client feel special? Welcome to the Grant Y Show. This podcast helps ordinary real estate agents build extraordinary companies. Let's grow in three, two, Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Grant Wise Show. I'm your host, Grant Wise, and I'm excited today to be joined by people that I consider to be very close and dear friends. Uh, we got Katrina and Neil, and they have built an absolutely incredible real estate team in Canada. They are one of the, they recognize as the number one team at EXP in British Columbia, one of the top teams uh, amongst all brokerages in British Columbia. They have a very unique business model and are just the most wonderful people that you will ever interact with. So Katrina and Neil with Katrina and the team, thank you so much for stopping by the show today. It's our pleasure. We're honored to be here. Thank you for having us. Uh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Okay, so whoever wants to go, I would love to hear the story, right? We're number one today in the market, but I know it wasn't always like that. Long road to get here. So just tell us the story. How did, how did you all get to where you are today? Well, we started back in 2004. Myself and Neil worked together with an assistant and we, we basically had this journey of like building the business first. We built the business first to make ourselves successful in our own way. And as we grew, as time, you know, went by market change, we almost quit in 2008. I think a lot of people almost did. If they're still in the business, they almost quit if they were in the business in 2008. And then we, um, we just navigated through real estate, wanting to do well for our family and we decided to start to grow our team when we realized that there's people out there who can really use the services that we have, the care that we put into the business, because we realized we were being secret agents at one point. Uh, even kids, uh, families in our school, in our kids' school, didn't realize we were realtors and they hired realtors who didn't do the right thing for them. And one of the comments that we got from one of the parents is that I didn't know you were a realtor. Had I known, I would have called you. And I realized I did them a disservice because they lost money throughout that process. And I took it upon myself. Neil and I had a conversation. That's it. We're going to start promoting ourselves and really uh, being proud of being realtors because we care for the people. And so we, that's when we started advertising. We started advertising ourselves. There's another incident where another client of ours, uh, well, they weren't our clients really. Our clients are our clients when, to, when they hire us, right? But there was a, a family referred to us back in, back in the day and they I've nurtured them for three years and they decided to work with another realtor not because the information I provided was not good. The skills that I have is not good enough because I had more skills when I sat on the table, um, for, you know, on a listing appointment, I had the skills, I had the, um, the, you know, the credibility to, to be able to help them sell their home. And I nurtured this relationship for three years and they were referred to me, but they hired another realtor. They hired a realtor who was promoting himself 
who had advertised advertising all over the area and made him more credible than we were. And so that was the start of this whole journey of growing, building the team is when we're like, that's it. We're no longer going to be secret, secret agents and we're going to advocate for ourselves. We're not going to like be high and mighty and not say we, we're not spending our money in marketing because marketing is key. And it's really important for us to be able to market ourselves because that's how people buy. So we, we invested in ourselves at that time, you know, in committing to one bus shelter um, and wrapping our vehicle with, uh, with our faces on it was a big undertaking. Number one, it's that whole, oh my gosh, people are going to make fun of me. And number two, it's a lot of investment. Like, you know, to commit to a bus shelter, it's, it's expensive. And uh, we weren't making as much money, but we needed to invest in ourselves in order to be able to attract more people and eventually, you know, bring the success that we have. So that's that's kind of like a back end story. Like we had a chip in our shoulder. Um, we lost a client. We almost lost another one. And then we grew our team. Uh, 2016 is when we officially built this team that we have. We've had two attempts um to build this team and we basically just surrounded ourselves with the right people continued to explore how we can be better than ourselves it's not about being number one for us it's more of what can we do so we can be better and we can optimize and maximize what we have so we can make a bigger impact in our community i love it that's a wonderful story and and you all play somewhat differentiating roles on the team right yeah we're exact opposite. Neil's my husband. <laughs> Neil's my husband too. Yeah. Tell us about this. Uh, you, you, you all are obviously you're married and you run the team together. And I know that you're you're both just different personalities. So talk to us about how you built this together, and how you complement each other, and sometimes might how you want to strangle each other, and and just how you navigate all of that stuff. You want to start, Neil? <laughs> Yeah, sure. No, I think um, being partners, um, partners in life and also partners in the business, I think initially it was a challenge, challenge where people told us specifically that we were probably going to fail and we shouldn't be partnering up together. And we took it upon ourselves where initially, because of the negativity, we, we attempted this, um, attempted together. Um, but of course, husband and wife, there were challenges, definitely 100% challenges until to a point of time where we had to understand we're doing this together, that we have the same goal, that what we're doing is for the greater good, for the greater, bigger picture of everything and not a competition to one another. Um, I usually sit in the back end um, looking into the operations um, and integrating a lot of things into the system where Katrina is going to be the visionary. Um, and I feel we complement each other that way when by means, all means, um, there's always going to be arguments, but there's always going to be it's a healthy argument, and we make sure that we set that um, you know boundaries uh, to one another, uh, separating our business life from our personal life, and knowing that we're in it together for the overall good. Yeah, I can imagine that can be so difficult. Yeah, no, we, it is difficult um, because we have. In a way, like yes, we have exact opposite personality, which works out really well because we can, it complements what the business needs, right? I'm the visionary, he's the integrator. I come up with the ideas, he makes it happen. We're not, uh, I, I, I've said it before, he's not the wind because people just see me usually. 
that, that that's the other part that we've had like socially we've had some challenges with um previous friends who kind of like made it seem like a bad thing that i'm it's my name and not neil's name right and it was more of it's not about the name the name is just a, really it's just a logo and it sounded right and it just you know we've had we, we actually found one of our old marketing materials that it says neil and katrina dot com and it was like not rolling right like it wasn't rolling and so at some point we decided like okay it's katrina and the team and and it's it's that like you know struggle for some people and neil and i have had really hard like you know a, a hard to hard about it right that it's not just me people make fun of him that he's that he's i'm katrina he's that team <laughs> but it's true he's actually running the team it's just it's, my name is just the logo so it's having to go through that and our role is to be able to work together to grow the team i can't do it without him he we we can't do it without each other he's not the wind beneath my wings we're the other wing of the other like you know he, i'm the left he's the right wing right so our roles really differ yet it overlaps and we just have to be able to work together in order and understand that we're working for something together and it's not a competition. Uh, that's great. You you all have a very unique business model. And I'd love if you don't if you don't mind explain as much of it as you can, but you you approach things quite a bit differently and I would say with a level of service that is just absolutely insane. Uh, I think to try to deliver on. <laughs> and so I obviously give props to you and what you've built. But kind of walk us through if you can what is it that you all do that is so different in the business like uh, our our model meaning how we serve our clients and extraordinary services extraordinary relationships and that going beyond real estate is our approach and so how we do it is we believe that it is a blessing to be able to serve the people that we're serving both as um, for consumers, our, our, our clients, and also the realtors that we work with. And so we want to make sure that we build an extraordinary business and how we will build an extraordinary business is to provide extraordinary service. And providing extraordinary service means we have to give them more than what people, what they expect and more, more than what others can do and what we've done is we've thought about and we're continuing to think about the different ways to serve the clients on the client facing side we provide our clients with concierge service white glove service we give them everything they need to ensure that the process of moving is smooth and a lot of people we, we thought about what are the things that people normally hate about moving or not like about moving what do people what are the things that stop people from moving and so we thought about other than of course the skills are there it's really important to provide people with the skills like we they trust us with their biggest assets but also what can we do to make it better what's an extraordinary service in our area it includes staging their home but then people like well staging people provide staging in our case, we have our own staging department. We provide the staging. We have two stagers on staff. We have our own staging division where we own 
furniture, we own decorations. We have a 2,500 square foot warehouse that we can stage 40 houses all at the same time. So then the clients don't have to worry about, number one, how do I even start? I've lived here for so many years. I don't even know where to start. So the stager service is there. The um, providing them with furniture. So they don't have to buy furniture because some people, they don't want to do staging because number one, it costs a lot of money to hire a stager. And then number two, it costs a lot of money to rent furniture or to buy things they don't, they wouldn't necessarily need in their next home. We wanted to make sure that the home is showcased really well so it sells, right? People buy emotionally and justify logically. And so that's how we overcome that. Number one, it makes the home more saleable. The, the people who lives there and owns the home are proud of what they have because it's staged. So we provide staging, we provide movers, we move our clients, we take care of the move, we provide them with boxes, we we do housewarming parties, we do a lot of things, things that people don't even think about. And they're, they, you know, they basically, it's, it's going above and beyond. It's thinking about how can I pamper this client? So that's just one portion of what we do. And the same thing with realtors on the realtor side, we, it's done for you. Like we, we do everything for them. So then all they need to do is really do the thing that they should be doing, which is building relationships with clients and selling homes. And it sounds like this is, you know, the idea or Katrina, an idea that you had your head in and then, and then Neil, you're the guy that gets in and kind of helps deliver on a lot of this. How, how do you execute on a concierge type business model at such a high level? There's gotta be so many moving parts. Well, there's a lot of moving parts, but we also have a tremendous amount of leadership here on the team and support staff that, that are dedicated on certain aspects of the operation. Uh, without them, we won't be able to make it happen. Uh, we understand that there's going to be errors, there's going to be some problems, but we have to understand that based on our core values being solution-focused, um, when an issue do, does come up, um, it's good, good in the sense that we can find a, you know, correct that process or we can reevaluate that process to make it even better. So we're always in a position of making things better where um, maybe as streamlined as possible on the back end, on the operation side, and also the client facing or, or the realtor facing side as well. Neil documents the whole process. So then it's repeatable, scalable, right? So he thinks about how can we streamline this? And really, Neil thinks about what could go wrong. So then when we execute, it gets done properly. So in my thought process is when there's a process that we create as a team or myself, I always try to find a way, how can I destroy it? Or how can I make it fail? Like through the process, always trying to go through the process and trying to find ways to fail it. That way we can try to make it as bulletproof as possible, but we also understand that there will be some errors or some oversights and it's just trying to go back to the drawing board and just plus one it and make it better. Was it always like this? Like when you go back to the days where you were talking about how you were secret agents, was it always that you had more of a concierge type business model and, and not a lot of people knew about it or was just something that you had developed over time as you saw the need grow with, within your organization? It's both. When I was growing up, I worked for, I worked for Safeway um, when I was young and kind of got ingrained in me about service, like providing high quality service. So when I started, because I started first, I started a year before Neil did. And when I started in real estate, 
I learned that, you know, I need to do something. And so um, one of the things that I implemented right away is doing housewarming parties and going, you know, providing those little things. Because at that time I was new, I can't afford a lot of things. Um, I didn't have the resources, but it's just, it started from one thing and I, we built it up. We built it up over the years. We added more to it as we built resources. So it's always been, it started with the housewarming party. We've done housewarming parties since day one. Pretty much all the homes we sold, we've had majority. I mean, some people don't avail it. Uh, we've had housewarming party for them. And so, and it's consistency doing it over time. In the beginning, we're doing mostly like parties and servicing, hoping people would refer us over time. That can only go so much, right? And so we needed to also layer up the marketing so because people need to know what we're doing yeah we're doing all these parties but people talk about it but it's only within their circle so we do get referrals but if they remember there's like four miracles have to happen for someone to refer us right they have to remember to refer us they have to have our information and then the people who refer them have to remember us and then they have to call us right we're in if they see us out there if we're marketing as well that's another layer i'm like oh yeah i'm supposed to call them so when they drive by the bus shelters, because now we have we have like 42 bus shelters, 10 bus stops, or three vehicles that are wrapped. And so they see us now. They they see us in the neighborhood that they, it's kind of like we don't have to really hope for a miracle for them to remember us. It's like top of mind. So and it adds credibility, really. People when people see that they're we're all over the place, they're like, well. You know, they're all over the place. They're investing in themselves. If they can market themselves, they can market my home. That's incredible. Neil, I would imagine that, or well, and this question's for both of you, I guess, not just Neil, but have there been times as you've grown and been like, man, it's a really good thing that you're here because if you weren't, I probably wouldn't have made it because <laughs> I think there's, there's so many visionary types in the real estate space. Not everybody realizes that they need an integrator that can help execute on their ideas. Not everybody has that. I'm sure there's there's tough times, but how, how beneficial has it been? And you know, what are some key ways that you've benefited from just having each other from a complementary standpoint? Two visionaries working together is not always a good idea. As a matter of fact, it's typically a bad idea because you just end up chasing a lot of ideas that never really uh, come to fruition. How valuable is that to have that kind of like built in to what you guys have done? Katrina? Oh, yeah. the question was for you. <laughs> I talk a lot, so I'm like, I'm going to let you talk about it. <laughs> Is it for me? Yeah, I mean, just, I know there's not a lot of, uh, you know, integrators that, that might listen to this, but like, what are what are benefits from your standpoint, Neil, to having a visionary counterpart that can help execute on their ideas? Because there might be people in the industry that are watching this like, yeah, I don't know. I don't typically have a lot of ideas. I like staying behind the scenes. I like I like being the person that's making the business click. Like from your standpoint, you know, how how, how is it being an integrator in a big operation and how do you benefit from having somebody like Katrina? Well, someone like Katrina Visionary, I think uh, she she sees the overall picture. Um, I, I'll have ideas, but love, she comes up with many, many ideas. <laughs> To a point where things are very overwhelming for not only myself, but for our leadership team to implement. But at the same time, is taking all these ideas and just do it one at a time. I'm trying to 
poke holes into them to and then trying to figure out a process and documentation as to how we can make it how can we make that idea be materialized sometimes um we just trust i trust with her vision um is for the greater good and she has this overall picture for it and just take that one idea or those many ideas and try to implement it as best as we can where i don't even have to think too much of the next idea she'll come up with the ideas and i'll just stay in my lane uh which i really enjoy in putting the process together and implementing it that's what it, that's what we enjoy that's what i enjoy the key there is having the ideas and then implementing but also not like i'm not the type to just give up i'm i'm because when they tell me that's crazy that's not possible that you know you want this grass to be green and it's winter and like there's it's draw or there's or it's dry it's like there's no rain like it can't be green it's like you know so and I, i'm like very solution focused and then they fa- they help me figure out what solution to make it work and what could go wrong and what could what would be the in in my case like what's the possibility right having a visionary is having someone to be able to say no it is possible it's doable and then having an integrator is okay we're going to it's going to happen these could be the things that could go wrong and so to save us from having to spend money unnecessarily these are the things that we can do so we can make it happen I think this is like a a great spin into the question I was going to ask you, Neil, is like, what do you see that visionaries often don't do that they should do when they come up with ideas? Um, So that way, whenever they go to execute, like, what are some shortcomings of visionaries that we don't often recognize that, you know, we really should pay attention to so that way we can execute on our ideas successfully? If we have the capacity resource and time to implement or with many many ideas um i think having all ideas and thrown all you know get a timeline that to be done all at the same time i think that'd be a little bit i think it's difficult but at the same time it's also responsibility the integrator to time block and prioritize things um i think it's also important for integrator to communicate with the visionary as to the importance of um the priority of certain tasks or things in vision um ideas um i i think you just need to make sure that we're always in alignment and have the frequent communication with one another um yes we're married so we communicate a lot but uh, at the same time we're separating our personal from our business where we do have time in the business aspect where it's strictly just business to make sure that a reporting as to okay this is the idea these are the the positives and negatives this is what we've come up with um that didn't work out and trying to find other avenues to make it work uh with the support of the operation team and the financial team as well um just making sure that we're always knowing that we're always trying to work work things out trying to make things work i think the number one thing is communication for sure love it love it okay katrina you've built or together you both built you know this incredible company and you you went from kind of obscurity into okay we're not going to be secret agents anymore. We're going to get ourselves out there and we're going to make it known. And your, your business has obviously taken off as a result of that uh, to a point where you've built this large concierge-based real estate team that is just crushing it. What are you know just two or three things that if I'm listening to this and I'm like, I, I like this idea of building a concierge team, what are some of the things that I need to look out for 
And I think everybody in this space really wants to serve. They really want to take care of their customers at the highest level possible. And I think you all do it better than anybody I've ever seen with all that you do. And if you don't, like, I don't think we could probably articulate what all you do do for your clients on this show, but I will link the ways that you guys can connect with them. If you're listening to this, you should go check out their model and and what it is that they do. What is it that somebody should do if they're like, well, I don't have a lot. Maybe like back when you first got started, you started with housewarming parties. What's my first step? Like, how could I start to over deliver in ways that maybe my real estate competition isn't so that I could start to give the type of premier service that you all offer? Look at it from a position of, is this something that I can do repeatedly over time? And is this something that would create that feeling? Because people remember how you made them feel, not what you said, but how you made them feel. And you can start with how can I help make this client feel special and feel like it's after, like, especially the housewarming party, because that's that's really the start of it. It was the housewarming party is because it was after the fact. Um, it was after the fact. I'm done. Like I got paid already. Really, most people give a basket and we do give um, uh, survival kits as well. We don't give that massive elaborate baskets or gi- extravagant gifts. It's really the small things. And so you can think about making someone feel special. What What is it that a client would need or do that would make them feel special that also creates a little bit more of a buzz, um, something that their friends would see. So I, the housewarming party idea came from Brian Buffini. And um, basically I order food and uh, it's it's really simple. And it's just, I used to do it by myself. I would order the food from, I, I also partner up with a local restaurant, which is a, a really good idea is to partner up with a local restaurant. Hey, I'm doing this for my clients. If I add you to my list of people, like list of menu that I offer to my clients, what kind of like, you know, partnership can we have? So it promotes their business and it helps me because I get it cheaper. So sustainability being able to do it repeatedly the hands-on thing and it starts somewhere small you partner partner up with other businesses to make it more you know easy manageable financially but it's one client at a time you know one client at a time think about what you will earn and also the impact that it will have and you have to do it something that you can do it consistently you can repeat it and have it done every single client because it's not like you go to a housewarming party. The key there is the housewarming party. When we go there, clients love us and they start like promoting us. Like we're the star of the show. It's their party. We become the star of the show. And they're like, look, our realtor brought us the food. And it's like, and it creates this, like the other, cl- the other guests are like, my realtor didn't do that for me. And then the other part is that they, 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 they start talking about you. You don't get instantaneous like, hey, I want to buy a house today. But again, because it leaves that lasting impression, we have received multiple referrals that has like kind of like rippled through years, like years and years of like, I I met you at, sometimes I ask people, how did you learn about us? Katrina, I met you at a housewarming party. I met you at a housewarming party a couple of years ago. And so there's a lot of lingering kind of like effect to that housewarming party. So think about what can you do that would leave this feeling of gratitude and that would 
also talk, make people talk about. And don't overthink it. Just do something that would create that feeling. Just if, if it's housewarming party, do the housewarming party. Don't overthink it. Just order locally, create like limitations because, you know, we don't want to overspend. Um, you know, our budget is not that much, but it adds up because I think last year <clears throat> we we had like over 100 housewarming parties. Wow, that's awesome. That we hosted. And we deliver it ourselves. That's the other part. We do our best. And that's, it kind of gets harder when you scale. But we do our best to deliver it ourselves. So we've had situations, our car, like sometimes have food. Like I've, And it's not just me. A lot of realtors in our team have had like food like spill. Like, you know, especially if this, it's a stew or something. Yeah. But it is what it is. It's part of growth and it's part of, you know, running a business that you will, you know, go through that. And it's fun. Um, the housewarming party is something that we we enjoy doing. That's really awesome. And I love the advice too. It's not that it has to be a housewarming party, but pick something that you can do and that you can do for a long, sustained period of time really consistently. And I think it's a running theme. And a lot of the people that I interview in the podcast is, it's like, it doesn't have to be this big flashy thing that you do and you don't have to do a lot of stuff. But if you do a couple things and you do them masterfully at a, at a high level for a long, sustained period of time, which is the key, a long, sustained period of time, you will become known for something and your business will just continue to take off. It doesn't happen overnight. Nothing does. And so, you know, kind of zoom out, commit to something over a long, sustained period of time. I think it's such a great piece of advice. So if you're listening to this, you're like, I want to figure out how to do something different, something unique. Maybe it's a housewarming party. Maybe it's something else. But pick something that you can do and you can do consistently and you can do it for a long, sustained period of time. And that is a continuous trend in everybody I talk to. And I just got off just earlier. I was interviewing somebody else and they're like, oh, success is kind of boring. It's just doing, it's doing the same thing over and over and over and over again for a long, sustained period of time. I appreciate you. I appreciate you both stopping by here. Uh, I can't believe it's already been 30 minutes. I appreciate you both stopping by the show and, and having a conversation with me a little bit. If somebody was listening to this, you know, and even just stepping outside of real estate for a second, if somebody was listening to this and they're like, okay, what is just one thing I can go do right now? to take that step from going from ordinary to building something extraordinary. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, a housewarming party or something like that, but what is something that I can do right now that would allow me to take that first step towards building my extraordinary business? I, am I going? Okay. <laughs> um, well, it, it actually starts with believing it's possible, believing in yourself, believing it's possible and just doing it. Whatever you think about, just do it. Don't overthink it, just execute. And then you learn from while you're executing. Like we've learned over the years what, what we could, what we did wrong on the housewarming party model, right? So we've added more things on this layering effect of creating this extraordinary experience uh, for our clients. And it's basically just believing that it's going to work just executing and learning and tweaking as you go and adjusting and not, no, don't give up. It has to be doing the same thing with consistency over and over and over again. And eventually you'll see the result. And on my side, one thing is uh, start documenting everything and just implement because a lot of times everything was always in our heads, in our minds that we know how to implement or how to do the process, but to scale um, to high level and to make it repeatable and having our partners 
repeat the things that we do is documentation and just implement. I love it. Simple advice. Believe that you can do it. And when you do start doing it, document what you do. And that's, I don't think anybody might realize how important that last piece is. Uh, because if you, if you can't, you know, replicate what it is that you do, I always say the number one problem uh, businesses have is understanding how to get customers. And then the second biggest problem is understanding how to operationalize it because nobody ever writes it down. If you write down what it is that you do, you can repeat it. You can, you can create leverage in your business. You can start really taking things to the next level. So such great advice, such a great story. And again, I appreciate you both so much for spending a few minutes with me here today. This has been a great episode and I know I've definitely learned a couple of things and, and everybody else well, uh, certainly has as well. So thank you all for being on the show today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you all for continuing to listen to the Grant Wise Show. This has been another incredible episode. Take from it what you will, learn from it what you will. It's time to go implement and it's time to grow. So we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Grant Wise Show. Please don't forget to subscribe to this channel, leave us a review, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks.